0: Welcome to mini episode 256 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have three spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from January the 11th 2023 and story number one comes from Jesse. I'm not a huge believer in the paranormal. I'm a devout Christian and I don't believe in a purgatory realm of sorts. I believe we either go to heaven or hell when we die. Anything else we experience in this world is deception by Satan's demons our brains playing tricks on us or a coping mechanism. I guess it makes me a slight hypocrite because even though I don't believe in it I've always been interested in the paranormal. Even from a young age I would always watch ghost hunting shows and now as an adult I listen to ghost story podcasts. Despite not directly believing I would never discredit someone's paranormal experience because no matter the cause of it I know that the emotions these experiences bring are absolutely real and can leave lasting memories. I know this because I had an experience that I have never forgotten. I was very close to my maternal grandfather. He always told me I was his favourite grandchild. Of course he could have told this to all of his grandchildren but I can't help but feel like we always had a special connection. I remember the day he died as if it were yesterday. He had been sick with pneumonia for a while and he was finally at his end. My parents went to be with him as he passed and left me and my brother with my paternal grandmother. They didn't tell us why they were going, but I knew that if my dad was going with my mom to the nursing home, then Grandpa was probably dying. A few hours later, my brother and I were laying on opposite couches in my grandmother's living room watching TV. I suddenly had this realisation that my grandfather had died. I can't explain how I knew, but I did. I looked over at my brother wanting to tell him I think grandpa just died but I couldn't bring myself to actually say the words. I didn't want to upset him and I didn't want to be insensitive considering that time was actually coming. Five minutes later my brother received a call from my dad that our grandfather passed away about five minutes ago. He died the same time I got that feeling. I don't know if it was him saying goodbye before he went to heaven or if we were just so connected that he took a piece of my soul with him. I wish I could put into words what I felt in that moment. It wasn't fear or sadness, just acceptance and peace that he was gone. I still cried after we received the call because I felt my feeling that I had was true. I also had a dream about my grandfather on Christmas Eve that same year that he died. He had been gone about four months when I dreamed that I was in his house that he lived in my entire life. I walked down the dark hallway to the bedroom that had a bright light coming from behind the door. I opened it, and there he was washing his hands, which is obviously what you do in a bathroom, but it was significant because my grandfather had undiagnosed OCD, and we would always jokingly say that Grandpa had to wash his hands a hundred times before he came to dinner. He finished washing his hands and turned to look at me, not saying anything, but just gave me a slight smile before I woke up. Another thing to point out in this dream was that he was wearing a pale yellow coat. It was his favourite, and he wore it all the time when he was alive. Little did I know, years later, when I told my mom about the dream, she told me she had buried the jacket with him because of how much she liked it. These experiences have stuck with me all these years and I will never forget them. I think I've always been pretty open in in saying that I don't really I don't really know what I believe in, but I do think it's it's okay to be a devout Christian and also have an interest in the paranormal. I don't think it, it's hypocritical at all, and actually nobody really knows what happens after you die. So you know maybe people can come back, and give you a bit of a wink and a nod to say that they're there. There's a girl on TikTok and I don't know what her name is, but she um pretends to be like an angel receptionist in in heaven. And she has like a, a a white towel on, like knotted up on her head, and a white nightgown on. And she has like a mouthpiece that she speaks into, and she's typing away. And and you know, people come to the desk, the reception desk of heaven, and ask for different things. And oh, it really makes me laugh. That it makes I just I just think it's so funny and silly and clever. And people are always looking for like a free pass to go down to Earth to like let their family know that they're okay. And oh, it's very it's very funny. And also, I think we've talked so many times in the podcast, and I do believe that sometimes people just have a special connection and that you feel things keenly when they happen to that person. And I really like that explanation of maybe you guys were so close that he, you know, a bit of your soul went with him and that's how you knew. And story number two comes from Jay. A few years ago, my partner and I moved across the country. Unable to find a job in my field after we got there, I branched out and accepted a job at the local university's Medical Education Centre. The day of my initial interview, I was given a tour of the centre. It was set up to look like the functioning hospital floor it once was, complete with a nurse's station and a row of individual exam rooms with hospital beds, medical equipment, etc., but was unnervingly void of patients and medical professionals it once housed. Towards the end of the tour, we walked into the back area of the centre, where they kept the medical dummies and training equipment. The entire floor had a creepy vibe to it, but as soon as I walked through that door of that section, I felt like I was being watched by someone or something paranormal. But despite the almost guaranteed possibility that I would see a ghost at some point, I had student loans to pay, so I accepted the job. Things started out small. On my first day, I noticed that the lamp in my office wouldn't turn on, and the desk drawers wouldn't open no matter how hard I pulled. Not thinking much of it at first, I asked my co-worker for a spare light bulb for the lamp and the key to the desk drawers. Only for her to walk into my office to successfully turn on the lamp and open the drawers with no issue. She then told me that the drawers don't lock, and only half jokingly said, perhaps one of the ghosts didn't want someone new coming in. After that, I had a daily sense of being watched and almost expected to see someone standing in the hallway whenever I turned to look. But there was never anyone there. I even experienced the phenomena of a stolen item suddenly reappearing in my office with no explanation as to how it had gotten there. One of my co-workers was an actual paranormal investigator and they eagerly told me all about everything they had experienced at the centre. In one instance, they saw a cup of coffee slowly being pushed across the counter of the nurse's station only for it to stop right before it fell off. Another time... They sent me a video they had recorded of a stethoscope swinging back and forth on an IV stand as if someone was pushing it with their finger. No one visible was touching it and it was swinging so strongly that any possible AC or heat coming from a vent couldn't be the cause. This co-worker said they always got a sense that there was a little girl ghost who would frequent the hallways in the back area and mess with things as her way of playing which did nothing to ease my anxieties. Every night a maintenance staff member would come and clean the centre, turn off the lights and lock the doors after everyone had left for the day. One morning my co-worker arrived at the centre to see that all the lights were still on, the doors were open and there was an abandoned cleaning cart in the centre of the hallway. He looked in the exam room closet to the cart and saw cleaning equipment lying on the floor in the middle of the room as if someone had just stopped what they were doing and ran out of the centre. He called maintenance and was told that the cleaner had in fact run out and refused to talk about what had happened the night before due to her own fear and superstition about the paranormal. She then insisted that she would quit if she had to work on our floor ever again. The last story is the one that confused me the most. My co-worker and I were closing up the back area of the centre, aka the creepiest part of the floor, As we were wrapping up I very stupidly said out loud I'm glad the ghosts stay back here and don't come up to the front area to bother us. We then started walking back to our offices and I took a quick detour to use the bathroom. A few minutes later I walked back into my office to see my co-worker already in there with the office manager. Both were looking very confused and scared. She told me that after I turned the corner to walk to the bathroom she saw something out of the corner of her eye initially thinking it was me. She turned to see a big, yellow, shimmery cloud quickly zoom past her in the hallway. At the same time, the manager saw a similar apparition shoot past her office door on the other side of the hallway going in the opposite direction. The three of us tried to make sense of this and I mentioned that whatever resided in the back area likely heard what I said and decided to prove that whatever spirits lingered in the building could follow us and let us know of their presence at any time. That terrified me more than anything else that had happened up to that point, and I kept my mouth shut after that. I don't fully have explanations for these experiences, but I now understand why I hear so many paranormal stories in settings such as hospitals. Our specific floor was once a functioning ICU, that it even treated victims of a local bombing that devastated the community back in the 90s. With so many visitors and sad occurrences over the years, the energy builds up and lingers. Even after it was converted from a working hospital floor, death was still a reoccurring presence, as there would routinely be cadavers in the back room for the medical students to work on. While this is a very respected and valuable service these people gave to these students by donating their bodies, it definitely added to the unsettling energy in the space. I likely will never understand what caused those occurrences at that job, but it left an impression and made me a full-blown believer in the paranormal and the unexplainable. I think you're so right, Jay. There is something so unnerving about an empty hospital. So whatever about a hospital that's full and bustling and, you know, people are dying and people are very sick and there's a lot of emotional stress and trauma and all that stuff... That's very unnerving, but an empty hospital, way more unnerving. And I think it seems that things in these kind of situations often start out small. And I wonder if the entities that are there are just like testing the waters to see how much you'll notice or to see how in tune you are or whatever it is. Like how many things happen that are the result of spirits or entities that people don't even notice because they're just like, oh, that that thing fell over or that light turned off, or that light turned on, and you just don't even, you don't even think twice about it. And I think that hospitals, like I said, they carry a very particular energy. There's a lot of emotional distress, extreme emotional distress that happens in hospitals. There's a lot of joy, but there's also a lot of deep sadness, and pain, and sorrow. There's people who come to the end of their life, and people who come to the end of their life that shouldn't, have come to the end of their life so soon or so early or in those circumstances. Like it's just a melting pot of emotional turmoil. So I just think if anywhere is going to be haunted, it's going to be a hospital, you know. But a big yellow shimmering cloud is new, I think. I don't know if we've ever had a big yellow shimmering cloud. But then again, we don't know how things are going to manifest themselves to us in the afterlife, you know. We often have stories of dark clouds or coloured balls of light somebody messaged me on TikTok the other day saying that they've regularly seen like um, an orange ball of light that seems to jump from tree to tree in their local area like we don't know how these things are going to manifest themselves Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices so, to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, I bet you get 30, I bet you get 20, 20, 20, I bet you get 20, 20 I bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And story number three today comes from Martin. For you to understand some of my story, you need to know about Charlie. He was a little Westie that I had brought up from a pup and was my best friend in the whole world. He was one of those dogs that would greet you after coming in from work and would follow you everywhere you went. He was a very proud, confident and loving dog. Christmas 2020, he began to show signs of sickness and throughout the beginning of 2021, this illness developed and confused our vet and us too. We took every test and tried every treatment possible to us to help my best friend, and nothing was becoming clear as to what was causing his illness. Towards the end of his treatments, we were told he had an untreatable brain illness, and not too long after his diagnosis, Charlie was put to rest. Now I understand that grief can bring on a number of things, such as seeing things, But these are the events that I experienced about a month after Charlie's passing. I would often see glimpses of white rushing past the sitting room door, or from the corner of my eye, I would see a white blur sitting on the step of the stairs that was known as his step. We have two other dogs in our house Oscar, a black cocker spaniel, and Radley, who is also a Westie. One afternoon, I was in the dining room and stood facing the double glass doors that lead into the back garden. Behind me was the hallway, leading to the sitting room and the stairs. As I turned around to face the hallway, there in front of me was Charlie, sat right in front of me looking up at me. Now at first I thought it was our other Westie, Radley, but when I turned to check through the double doors I could see him outside with Oscar and my wife. And when I turned back around, yeah you guessed it, Charlie was gone. Now for a couple of weeks I saw no more of Charlie, not even a blur. Until one night. I was asleep and dreaming. The dream was so vivid that I can remember every detail. In my dream I entered my childhood house and the sitting room was filled with lots of people. People that I was unable to recognise, but they all felt familiar to me. As I walked further into the house, a man walked towards me. "'and told me that there was a surprise for me upstairs. "'I made my way up the stairs and into the converted loft "'that was once my childhood bedroom. "'There, sitting on my old bed, was a young woman "'that again seemed familiar, "'but I was unable to recall where I knew her from. "'I would later recall her being my friend "'that had passed from cancer only younger. "'I asked her if she was the surprise, "'and she replied with a simple no, "'followed by a gentle smile.' "'and then she nodded to the area behind me. "'As I turned around, there sat in front of me was Charlie. "'White, fluffy, happy, tail-wagging. "'He jumped and I caught him in my arms. "'He placed his front paws on my chest just like he used to, "'resting his bum on my forearms that were in a crossed position beneath him. "'He began licking my face in excitement.' Now I understand this was a dream, but I could feel his weight in my arms, the warmth of his breath, the wetness of his tongue on my cheeks and the softness of his fur. He stopped, looked at me and I woke. As I woke I tried to understand what had happened in my dream and realised that on my face where he had been licking me was wet and I could still feel the softness of his fur in my hands. I drove to work with a feeling of complete calmness and closure, Since then I have not seen Charlie. I feel like it was a way for him to let me know he was okay and for me to come to terms with losing him. In late 2022, I walked past Radley who was sat in the dining room at the end of the hallway. He was sat in the dark, staring at the light on the ceiling, growling a low growl. When I turned on the light he relaxed and then looked at me. I turned off the light again and straight away he returned to staring at the light and growling. Again I turned on the light and again he stopped. At this point I moved him into the sitting room and turned the light off, looking at the ceiling like myself and noticing a feeling of being watched. Unable to understand it, I moved into the sitting room also. Not long after this happened, my wife and I were in bed asleep. Again this experience happened in a dream. In the dream, we were in the bed. Now our bed centres the back wall with the front window on my wife's side and the bedroom door on mine. My wife turned to me and said, That's him. That's the man. Pointing in the direction of the window. I looked over to where she was pointing. There, at the end of the bed, was a figure stood staring at me. I could make out a dark three-piece suit, a dark bowler hat, and dark, rounded glasses. There were no facial features apart from a slight outline of his mouth which was closed. He stood holding an old hard suitcase rectangular in shape. I began telling him to leave. He continued to stand, staring. I got out of bed, moving around to the end of it, near the bedroom door and told him again to leave. I now began to notice that he was beginning to fade but I could feel the atmosphere shift. I shouted, leave this house now, and he suddenly leant forward and rushed towards me. His legs were straight and never made the movement of walking or running, yet he continued to rush towards me. I threw my arms up to block him as he approached. I felt him rush through me as I fell to the ground. Once I made contact with the ground, I awoke from my dream feeling dazed and confused. I got up to go to the bathroom and on returning to the bedroom, I noticed the room felt ice cold. Now I'm one of those people that prefer the cold and with that I don't seem to be bothered by cold unless it is very cold. As I'd noticed the temperature in the room shift, I looked at the thermostat in the bedroom and it read 19 degrees Celsius, which ordinarily feels warm for me, but on this night it felt closer to 13 degrees. I brushed it off and climbed into bed And since that day, I've seen and heard odd things around the house. Like voices that sound like my wife even though I am alone or seeing shadows move through the hallway. I have heard that after trauma or loss, people can become open to the spiritual world. I'm curious as to what else will unfold in the future. The loss of a pet can be so wildly significant for people. Like it is is for people like losing a family member. So I absolutely love these stories of pets coming back to say that they're okay or coming back to visit their owners. So that part of the story brought me tons and tons of joy, I have to say. What doesn't bring me tons and tons of joy is the man in the hat rocking up in his three-piece suit lunging around the place, drifting, gliding around the place. Honestly, the man in the hat irks me so much. I just feel like, what, what is the point? Making everything chilly? Making people feel like they're being watched? Showing off in your three-piece suit? I don't get it. What's in the suitcase? What is in the suitcase? Is the suitcase there to carry around that um, attitude problem that you clearly have? That you insist on rocking up into innocent people's bedrooms to make their life a misery? Again, I've called you out before. If you are the hat man and you're listening to this episode, if you are a representative of the hat man and you're listening to this episode, get in touch with me come on the episode, come on come on the podcast and explain to us why you do these things i want to hear your side of the story but in all seriousness that does sound absolutely petrifying and i would like you to keep us updated because whatever it is if it's imitating your wife and if it is manifesting in the hatman and shadow people or whatever i want to know about it Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Jesse Jay and Martin for sending in your stories. Remember the last story comes from January the 11th, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can sign up to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely free and on that note I shall see you next time